This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to Beck QL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from Beck QL. 20 points scored in the final minute. Now that, Dude. Joe, that's a bad beat. Bad beats were so good this week. If you if you missed them tweeting it out, I, I believe I showed it in my timeline, at Joe Ostrowski. They had to do two parts. There was so I walked away after those nine ten minutes and I said I'm not betting college basketball this year because almost every single bad beat had to do with a college basketball total. Never mind the fact that over the weekend we saw a college game when a point wasn't counted. Yeah, it was the Chicago game right? What, uh, Illinois, Chicago State, I guess Chicago State, Illinois State. Yeah. Unbelievable. Let's talk to David Bearman about those bad beats, about the NFL Week 15, and obviously the COVID issues around the league. David Behrman, ESPN Chalk, he's joining us on the Roman guest line. David, we just came back there with the um, the sound from Scott Van Pelt, and, and Joe was going over some of the bad beats there. I mean, it, he's right. There have been some crazy ones this week. There have been, guys. Thanks for having me on. And, and you know, every single week, I, I've been at this since the very beginning, since the inception of, of the bad beat segment on that show. And it, it's a tune-in every single Monday night to watch it, and you just get sick to your stomach. And, you know, we have the whole weekend where we have a Slack channel where we pitch things left and right. So a lot of the ones you know mm-hmm. about, like I know before I see it, uh, but, but I hadn't this weekend. I actually hadn't seen and did not know which ones were coming, which made it that much better slash worse. You look at those, and it was one after another. It was a half-court shot. There was the foul shot that went straight up and in when he was trying to miss it. You had the Greeley one, where same shot from the same place, two straight weeks. Let's not forget that there was a hockey one where Toronto somehow blew a four-goal lead in 30 seconds with a goal that went in after they didn't clear the puck 14 times. It was one after another, and you guys hit it on the head. You didn't even see the one where they screwed up the score in the game and and people got paid out on both sides. Mm -hmm. It was just one gut punch after another. And I always have to choose one to get cut for chalk. And I had a very hard time trying to decide which one I was going to get cut. So I actually said, you know what? You guys look at the rights and let me know what's the one that we're allowed to show on digital. And you cut that one. And of course it was the Greeley Colorado one, which was the same one we showed the week before a different game, same spot, same result, just (laughs) sickening. See, and we're not even talking about the ones that, a lot of us lost money. My two losses in, in the circuit contest, Cleveland and Buffalo, NFL. You know, I mean, there, there were ones like those that were just wild. Um, and so, David, the big story this week, we all know it, it's about COVID. And how do you handle it with betting? Because this is what we do here. Typically, your pros, those that have a pretty good idea of what they're doing, they're, they're going to bet on the release. They're going to bet on Sunday night. They're going to take a look on Monday and then maybe when the limits go down a little bit midweek, uh, that's when they're betting. 
Do you think the best approach this week is to just wait it out and get as much information as possible uh, with the players that we do have available? I know yesterday the number hit 75 players in the NFL on the COVID list. As much as it's hard for me to say that, I think that is the right approach. And I've always been one that has said, if you're betting the NFL on Saturday or Sunday, you've already lost because you missed the good lines, you missed what the Sharps were betting, and the pros were betting, and and you missed the good numbers. By the time Sunday hits, everything's been bet into. However, Mm -hmm. COVID has changed everything. It's changed our outlook on life in general, and obviously changed our outlook on on sports betting. And you just just don't know what you're going to get. If you had bet on Cleveland, at what you thought was a decent number at four and a half or five 48 hours ago, Cleveland's now a dog in the game, and they're missing three-quarters of the roster. So at this point, if you haven't jumped in yet, like I think jumping in on Sunday night or Monday isn't a bad idea still because you're trying to still get a good number and you're hoping nothing changes. But if you're not betting it then and, and it gets to Tuesday, it gets to Wednesday, it gets to Thursday, at this point you might as well wait because you, you still don't know. I mean, Cleveland may not have their quarterback. Uh, you don't know who's playing for the Rams after they all played Monday night. It's a short week, and half of them have COVID. So at this point, you almost got to see who is going to be on the field and who isn't because, you know, all of us remembered last year when Denver took the field with a guy from the street playing quarterback. Like, imagine if you had Denver in that game. You'd be pretty pissed off that they have a quarterback quarterback that has never played quarterback in the NFL. So at this point, it's a – you don't even know if the games are going to be played. You think they are. But you don't want to be in a situation where you have a Cleveland Browns minus four and a half, minus five. Next thing you know, they're a one and a half point dog. Good morning, Dave. Um, Thursday night football tonight. I'm looking forward to this matchup. Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs minus three. What do you like in terms of side, total, any props? Sure. In, in this game, I had the Chargers back when they, they met up in week three, kind of not really in love with the way the Chiefs are playing, and I was right on that one. But these two teams have changed drastically since then. The Chiefs look like the best team in football. All of a sudden, they have a defense that's holding opponents to under 11 points per game over the last six, and four of the last six games have been single digits. Um, the Chargers are still good. They're not as good as they showed at the beginning of the year, and they're making mistakes, and their defense has not been good. I actually, on this one, Aaron, I, I lean the under because I think the Chiefs' defense is that good right now. They, they have made the adjustments they needed to make from the beginning of the year where they couldn't stop anybody. But because it's a Chiefs game, you're getting a number that's in the 50s. And I, just, I can see the Chiefs scoring as they have been, but even last week when they scored against uh, the, the Raiders, it was special teams and defense. So I see this being around a 30-10 to 10 game, 30-9 to 9 game, where I think the Chiefs, Likely cover, but since they're on the road laying a big number, I'm probably going to play the under in this one. David Behrman, ESPN Chalk with us here. David, uh, speaking of chalk, last week was that in the NFL. Favorites took care of business. It was a a week that if you're in on them, uh, you did very well. How do you see this week? We do have some big favorites this week. Uh, Arizona on the road against Detroit. The Bucs at home against the Saints. Uh, The Miami is now up to a 10-point favorite against the Jets. I mean, we could go through about five or six of these. Dallas uh, against the Giants, Buffalo against the, uh, the the Carolina Panthers here. What do you think this week? Is it another week for favorites, big favorites to continue to win? Or do you think uh, we could see a, re- a reversal and maybe some dogs upsetting or at least uh, clo- you know keeping these numbers close? I'm not sure if you're ever going to see as good as it was last week. In fact, it's actually not even just been last week. Um, my guy, Mackenzie Kramer, in our ESPN Stats Info department threw the stat out yesterday. The team's favored by more than a field goal went 9-0 and against the spread last week and 17-2 and in the last two weeks. It was just as insane. It's basically anything more than the field goal and you're, you're covering. 
I'm not sure it's going to be like that this week. Uh, I actually took a stab and looked at the biggest lines just before I came on the air for the segment. I do like Buffalo over Carolina. I think they can cover the double digits. The Bills backs up against the wall after losing the last couple of weeks. They're a good team. They need to rebound, and, and nothing Cam Newton's doing in Carolina makes any sense. So I do like them there. Um, but I would lean the points with, with the Lions against the Cardinals and with the Saints against the Bucks because I just think it's too many in, in a situation where the Lions are a team that's been covering every single week. I'm not someone that's going to be in love to wake up and find out that I have a Lions ticket against Arizona, one of the better teams in football. But 13 and a half, 14 points at home versus an Arizona team on short rest after playing the Monday night game. I think they cover that one. Um, and, and on the other side of things, I do think the Cowboys will beat up on the Giants, and that's a big number as well. I'm sure earlier on this season, you would have thought there's no way in hell my Dolphins, meaning uh, your Dolphins, uh, would be favored by 10 by 10 over an NFL team. That's what's happening this week. Dolphins coming off the bye, coming to go it against uh, lowly Zach Wilson and the Jets. Total of 42. How are you playing this one? I mean, 10 makes absolutely no sense to me, just for the sheer fact that the <laughs> Dolphins are a team that's averaging 19.8 points per game, and you're going to lay 10 points. That's just, that's not, you're not in good business doing that. Do I think the Dolphins will win? Yeah, I do think they're going to win. Uh, I still want to know who's going to play running back. Um, I'm on my way down there for a tryout right now because everybody on the in the backfield is in COVID. Um, but if you look at the offenses, they rank 30 and 31 against the rush, these two teams, 22nd and 29 in total yards, and 29 and 25th in scoring. So they're not exactly lighting up the scoreboard. The Dolphins have rebounded to win five in a row because of their defense. That's held opponents to 13.5 points over the last seven games, including the Jets which is third best in the NFL, beating up on quarterbacks, holding them to a total QBR in the 20s, which is second best in the league. They faced Joe Flacco last time at the Meadowlands, a game that I, I took my kid to. It was his first ever Dolphins game. Now they're facing rookie Zach Wilson, who can't complete a pass to anybody with, with, with a green uniform on there. And you look at the Dolphins-Jets games in the last three years when Brian Flores has been the head coach of the Dolphins, averaged 32.3 points per game, none of them going over 44. So the way I'm going to play it, is I'm going to take the under. I don't see either one of these teams scoring very much. If you look at the score of the last couple of times they played, it's 20 to nine. It's 17 to 10. Uh, last time they played, it was 20, uh, 24, 17 under 42 is the way I'm going to play. Because if you're giving 10 points with a team that's scoring 19 points per game, you, you need to reexamine your math a little bit. Not, not to say it couldn't happen. And I hope it does, but I think the under is the safer play here. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, NFL MVP. It's something we look at almost every day on the show. It's a two-man race. Is this Brady's to lose, or could you see Aaron Rodgers stealing it? I think Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP, the guy who won it last year. His stats are phenomenal. He's doing it every single week with injuries all across the board to his offensive line, his running backs, his wide receivers. But Aaron, it is Tom Brady's to lose. He's the, the odds-on favorite, about 190, 180, 190. But you also have to look at what they have coming up. They don't have a very tough schedule coming up. They don't play anybody with a winning record. They're likely going to win out the next couple of weeks. And then that point, you know, they win out. They're either going to be the one seed or the two seed. 
Brady's there. He set every record. He's having a great season. And, and at the end of the day, you also might see a little bit of voter fatigue with Rodgers, not only because he won it last year, but because of all the COVID stuff that happened and the lying and all that stuff. So it is Brady's to lose. If I were to vote, I would vote for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I think the sneaky play, I do agree it's a two-man race. But if the Chiefs keep winning and Mahomes goes bananas, don't sleep on Pat Mahomes. I don't think he wins it, but 10-1 to 1 is a decent mm. value when you consider Brady is minus 180 and Rodgers is 6-1. to 1. But again, if I was voting, which I'm not, I would vote Aaron Rodgers the MVP, but I do think Tom Brady takes it. David, a game I've been in on since the beginning of the week. I, I like the New England Patriots this week, getting points in Indianapolis against the Colts. What do you make of this game? Primetime Saturday night game. Colts have played well of late. The Patriots have been on fire for two months. Both teams coming off their bye. Uh, what do you think of this game, Pats at Colts? I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be the best game of the week. It, it, like you said, it's hard to argue with anything the Patriots are doing nowadays. They've covered a league leading seven in a row, five and one on the road this season against the spread, and you're getting close to a field goal. It always seems too good to be true. Uh, Belichick has always been good with two weeks to prepare for a team. I wouldn't sleep on the Colts. Uh, they are four and one in their last five, with the only loss being to Tampa, a game that they were winning late in the fourth quarter. Uh, the only thing that concerns me, honestly, is the Colts are a very, very good rushing team, and, and the Patriots are, you know, middle to average on the rush defense. I still lean Patriots. I think they're the better team here, and you're getting three, two and a half to three points in a game, in a primetime game that Belichick knows he can plan for. Uh, David, only four weeks left in the regular season, and it feels like the futures board, outside of some of the awards that already seem to be done, or they're just down to two players, like we were talking with the MVP, uh, just winning the Super Bowl, winning the conference. There's so much parity in the league that it feels like there's a lot of value out there right now, especially in the AFC. I think you can make a strong argument in the NFC side. It's going to be one of those top three teams. But when you go to the AFC and look at the top, I'm like, okay, I don't trust you, you, or you. So uh, where you're looking, if you were to make a bet right now on the futures board. I actually 100% agree with you. The NFC is going to be Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Arizona. And I think the value is in the AFC where you have just a month ago, Buffalo and Tennessee were one and two in the AFC, and you flip it to now, and Buffalo is fifteen to one because they're struggling to get a wild card, and Tennessee is twenty to one because they don't have Derrick Henry. Those are still two very, very good odds to take for two teams that a month ago were one and two in the AFC. Buffalo at fifteen to one, they have Carolina rematch with the Patriots, Falcons and Jets. That's three and one. You're going to make the playoffs, and you can get fifteen to one on them to go in there and do some damage as the team that was the favorite to win the AFC earlier this year. As far as Tennessee's concerned. Derrick Henry's coming back. They said he's going to be back hopefully by week 18, if not the playoffs. Tennessee has a chance to still get that only first-round buy in the AFC. They don't have a tough schedule. Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, and Houston easily run the table. Watch New England lose one. All of a sudden, Tennessee's the one seed welcoming Derrick Henry back. I would take 20-1 to with a Derrick Henry-led Tennessee team in the playoffs when they were as low as 7-1 to a month or uh, six weeks ago when Henry was there. Really quick, before we let you go, any other bets that you like on the Week 15 board? This is going to surprise you and all the listeners, but I, I absolutely love the New Orleans Saints this week getting 11. You're like, oh, you're going to bet against Tom Brady and the, and the Buccaneers? I am, because Brady, who has all the records in the world and has 6,000 Super Bowl wins, his one kryptonite since he's been to Tampa is he can't beat the New Orleans Saints. They went 0-2 last year versus the Saints, losing the opener, and then by 35 at home, they got revenge in the playoffs beating the Saints on their way to the Super Bowl. Brady played terrible in that game. They trailed the entire game until the fourth quarter. And they lost earlier this year, not to Drew Brees, 
not to Jameis Winston, who played one quarter before getting injured, but then Trevor Simeon came in and still beat the Bucks. Somehow, some way, Sean Payton has figured out how to stop the best offense in the league, holding them to 310 yards a game in the last four games. Brady with a 42 QBR, which is by far his worst versus any opponent. And oh, by the way, just throwing it out there, because we probably made a big deal about it earlier, until the Giants win a few weeks ago, Tom Brady had lost, they failed to cover in 11 straight primetime games before beating the Giants. Wow. Great stuff. Wow. David Bearman, ESPN Chalk. We ha- always happen to have him on the Roman guest line. Coming up on the other side, what's the best survivor play this week? Maybe not Tom Brady and the Bucks, even if they're still available. We'll discuss that next. Back to you, Adele, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. <laughs> 